Praise God. 
Do you believe that we serve a mighty God? Do you truly believe that our God is a good God? I'm not sure you believe that. You know, so many times we find ourselves, you know, we're just saying things because the crowd is saying it. But we haven't experienced it for ourselves. Right? But we serve a mighty God. If God was not with us, we will be zero. Nada. We'll be nothing. God has called us into this wonderful experience with all the worshipers to share with one another. You know, we're not just in church just to look pretty. We're not just in church to look handsome. Uh, some of us, we shined our head, came to church. Some of you curled your hair. But you didn't just come to church just to look good. We came to church to share the testimony of what God has done for us this week. Amen? It is because of the testimony of God. This is what He does for us. He wants us to come and testify of His goodness and His grace. You know, truth be told is that every single one of us, we are broken. We're all broken. And all that individuals, you know, broken people coming to church, they want to know what other broken people did and how they made it through. Amen? This is the best rehab that we could ever have is to come into the sanctuary and just say, well, this is what God has done for me. You know, it is not uh, Christians coming to church and pretending to be perfect. Right? That's not going to cut it. People want to see what God has really done in your life. That's all they want to know. They want to know that we serve a God that's able to take broken people and put them together again. Amen? That's what it's all about. And so, I mean, I, this is real for me. This is real for me. You know, from a boy I grew up, and I was discouraged just to see a lot of fake people come into church. And um, I was not always in the Adventist church. I was born in the church the first seven years. The next seven years, I went to the Pentecostal faith. And the two years after that, I was in the Nazarene faith. And then after I was searching, checked out Islam and checked out all of these other places and what I found I found in every place that I went to I found broken people broken people but I want to thank God that the Lord led me to this very spot where I was able to understand in the Word of God that God he does not care about if we are perfect or not Christ came he came for sinners to show us, to show us how we can make it through this world of mess. He came in to show us the, how we could live in this world of darkness and how we could let our light shine, that others may see what God is doing in us and they will be attracted to the light. Amen? And so as we are in Vegas here, the city of many lights, all kind of lights. The Lord wants us to erect a lighthouse in this place. And that we will be able to, by God's grace, attract people to, to the true light. The light of His righteousness. Amen? Amen? 
And so I am so excited of what the Lord is doing in the lives of people. And I'm hearing testimonies. I'm hearing people being delivered. I'm hearing that God is moving in Vegas in spite of the sin. God is able to move. Amen? And so I'm so happy. Um, last Wednesday night, I came to church and we saw about 50 to 60 people. Six, 50 to 60 saints coming in to hear the word of God. And I was truly blessed. Uh, last Wednesday, we, we talked about the, the, this whole theme. Um, praying for a new vision. Taking your life to the next level. And we studied the text, 2 Chronicles chapter 12, verse uh, chapter 14, chapter 7, verse 12 to 14. We studied that. And what we learned is that God wants, He wants to take our lives and He wants, to, wants us to, to, to have a brand new vision. That God has a brand new plan for each and every one of us. And this brand new plan is every single day. God wants to take our lives and he wants to present our lives in such a, an amazing way. He wants to do so much in us. But some of us don't understand this. And this is why our lives are a little miserable. God wants to take our lives and make it better. This coming Wednesday night after a light refreshment at 6.30 and everyone we have it under control. We had that light refreshment after prayer meeting but we want you to rush from work. We want you to come into the sanctuary. We want you to go into the fellowship hall first and have a light refreshment. We had some nice food last Wednesday and uh, this time it's going to be on time at 6.30 where we'll be eating together, supping together, uh, fellowshipping. And then after we're going to come into the sanctuary at 7 o'clock. And we are going to uh, learn about uh, this man, this man who knew too much. Uh, that is our theme of next Wednesday as we take our lives to the next level. The topic is the man who knew too much. And we want you to come on out. We want the number of 60, 50, 60 that we had last Wednesday evening. We want it to be doubled. Amen. We want people to come out and experience the blessing that God has in store for them. Today, as we welcome you to the service some of you have just tuned in on the radio program and some have just tuned in online and some have just tuned in in the church here in whatever medium yeah you just woke up <laughs> in whatever medium you are hearing us today we want you to know that God is close beside you and he wants to speak to you today and the topic that we will be speaking on is shaking among God's people. Shaking among God's people. Let us pray. Lord in heaven, we are your people. And we need to hear a word from you. I pray, Father, that you will hide me behind Calvary's cross. That the words that I speak may not be my words, but will be yours. 
I pray, Lord, that you will grant unto me the fluency to speak your words in a clear manner. We pray for the power of your Holy Spirit and also the conviction that he only can give. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Shaking among God's people. There is a shaking. And this shaking that uh, we are talking about began very years ago. And we're going to learn a little about this later this year when we uh, have our prophecy series. But this shaking began way back in 1844. This is a process. The shaking or the sifting. Let me put it in this way. There's a shaking and this the, the, the aim of this is to determine who is for God and who is not. It is very important for us to truly not to take what we have for granted. Too many times God has blessed us in many ways. And we have a, the opportunity to learn so much about him in this time of peace. But some of us, we have taken it for granted that when the time of persecution comes, it will be impossible. It will be impossible for us to gain a relationship with Christ in the time of persecution. It's going to be too late. God has... God has given us this time for us to study the words and understand our relationship with Christ. He wants to build a relationship with us. Uh, the young people, so many young people believe that, you know, somehow you got to wait until a later time in your life. I remember when the Lord called me. And when he called me, I was that reluctant teen and I said, Lord, not, not, not yet. Wait, um, wait until I'm about 45. Uh, I want to enjoy the pleasures of life uh, in my 20s. You know, there was something about me when I was looking as a teenager, looking in the 20s. I said, well, in the 20s, I'll be able to drive, right? I'll be able to drink a little something, you know. <laughs> and that's not water, you know. <laughs> You know, I had some role models growing up, you know, and I, I had these bad role models. And uh, they used to sip some of this uh, stuff. And, you know, back in Jamaica, they don't play, right? <laughs> they don't play. I remember uh, one day they were, uh, these um, adults, they had these, uh, these wine, um, these glasses lined up. And they had some liquid in it. And they were trying to determine which stuff is harder than the other. You know, and so they, they poured alcohol, the Grenadian alcohol. I don't know what they call that. I think it's a Jacta or something. I don't know about that stuff. And they poured that. They poured the Ray and Nephew. And they poured all these kind of different um, spirits together in cups. And the test that they have, and I'm pleased, I'm asking you not to try this at home, right? 
Don't try it. I know you have access in Vegas, but don't try it. And they tried, they dropped these, uh, these ice cubes in each of them. And apparently, um, scientifically, if you're able to drop an ice cube in one of these um, um, <laughs> glasses, uh, and uh, the, the stronger the liquor, the ice cube will not float. And so they, they dropped it in the Ray and Nephew, and it showed that the, the ice cube floated halfway. It wasn't quite at the top, it wasn't, you know, right at the bottom, but it was floating halfway. But then they dropped it into this Grenadian rum. And as soon as it touched the glass, it sunk right to the bottom. And I was amazed as a child, and I was saying, wow. You know, and I wanted to try all of these things. <laughs> Parents, be very careful what you do in front of your children. Amen. You're training them from a, little, from a little age, and they're learning. They're, they're just absorbing all of these things, right? And I was so eager as a young man. I wanted to try all of these things. I wanted to go to the clubs. I wanted to listen to reggae music. You know, I grew up in a culture where reggae was not even allowed near the church, <laughs> much less in the church. Uh, but uh, in this day and age right now, I went back to Jamaica in 2006, and reggae was all over, <laughs> in and out, right? They had gospel reggae, you know, and all of that. And, well, you know, culture, different times, right? But what we find is that I wanted to get into everything. And I wanted to say, Lord, just wait until I'm 45 years old. Wait, wait. And I, and I remember T.A. McNeely preaching his heart out, coming to Montreal, and he's preaching and preaching. And I went through the entire series. And I was the guy that would say, well, you know, I'm just waiting. And I remember the last, the last sermon he preached, and I know that was for me. And he made an appeal, and he felt and had a sense that there was a young man holding out in the audience right there, and he described exactly where I was, right? I think down to the pew, and he didn't know me, right? And I was just, you know, hiding out. You know, sometimes when the, when the Lord is just touching you and you feel the rays of the Holy Spirit just going across and you're trying to duck it, that was me, right? I, I, I didn't want to be touched by the Holy Spirit because I was saying, not yet. Wait until I was 45. And I remember he finished out the appeal now and he got into the prayer. And he started praying. And while he was praying, I felt something. It's as if the hand of God just tugged me by the shirt and gently pulled me. And I was like, me? And while he was praying, I felt myself coming through the crowd, going right to the middle aisle. And I walked straight down and gave my life to the Lord. My relative that saw this, they, they were amazed by this and... You know, they said, well, I give him six months. He's not going to last. I give him six months. He will not last. I want to praise God. Those six months has not ended yet. God is good. 
But I'm telling you all of this now, that I came in, and I, what I've realized in our church is that many individuals, great lights have been shaken out. Many individuals who have been claiming to have the power, they didn't have the power, they're out of the church. There are many stars that have gone out. Many individuals. I remember my friend in England was telling me about this powerful minister in England that he was just tearing up England, baptized thousands and thousands and thousands of people, and he left the church and he ran after money. He joined the Benny Hinn Ministries. Prosperity. It's interesting to see God's people who have all these truths available to us, what are we doing with it? And so when we think of this topic, the shaken, uh, this topic, I would not be able to finish it this morning. Um, at 5 o'clock this evening, um, I'm going to have a special study. And anyone that wants to learn more about this, I have some quotation and, and some surveys that we're going to be going through. And some of the uh, challenges I'm going to be giving you, if you want to come out at 5.30, 5 o'clock this evening, please feel free. I'm going to be finishing up. But this shaking, when we consider this shaking, it talks about the shaking in the context of the church age that we're living in. And what's the church age that we're in right now? Does anyone know? We're in the Laodicean church. And Laodicea means it's, it's the lukewarm church. And I want you to turn here with me in the Bible, Revelation chapter 3, verse 14 to 22. That's going to be our main text. Revelation chapter four, uh, 3, verse 14 to 22. And what we see in this very text is that an angel, a messenger, is speaking. And a messenger that is appointed that represents this church in Revelation chapter 14, uh, 3, sorry, Revelation chapter 3, verse 14, we see that it says, Unto the angel of the church in Laodicea, of the Laodicean right. This angel is speaking unto the church of the Laodicean, and he says, These things says the Amen. And when we see that word, amen, it means, let it be so. Let it be so. This, this saith the amen, right? The faithful and the true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. Now, who is that? Does anyone know who is the beginning of the creation of God? Who is the amen? This is, in fact, Jesus Christ. The one, as we see in Revelation chapter 1, he is the one that is walking in the midst of the candlesticks. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the beginning and the end. He is the one that nothing could be hid from. You cannot hide from God. You cannot cover it up. He knows exactly your thoughts, your deeds, and your action. And it says here, These things saith the Amen, the faithful and the true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou, that, were thou, that you were cold or hot. So then, because thou art 
lukewarm and neither cold nor are hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Can you imagine? Because you're neither cold or hot. It is, it is interesting that we see, and I've seen this in, in the history of me being in the church or following Christ. I see many fence-sitting Christians. Many Christians trying to balance between the world and the church. We're trying to serve two masters. A double-minded man. What does the scripture say about a double-minded man? He's unstable in all his ways. No wonder you can't pay your bills. No wonder you cannot sustain a relationship. No wonder somehow you cannot get it together. A double-minded person, man or woman, is unstable in all his ways. And so the scripture is telling us that God wants us to be hot or cold. He wants us to make a decision for him. Are you with me or against me? But sometimes we feel so comfortable in this lukewarm condition. We show up at church, we sing our praise songs, but then in the week we are like devils. It is so hard. God, he says, because we are lukewarm, he will spit us out of his mouth. Because thou saith, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing, and knowest that thou art wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. And God is telling us there, listen, I'm, I want you to understand. I have a counsel for you. He, he doesn't want us to be in this condition. You know, sometimes I've been accused of beating up my members in the pew. I, I, I've been accused of, of preaching some hard things to the members and, and trying to, like, I, I'm, I'm trying to come across of, of, of just beating down the members. But one thing I have to understand that, you know, as I understand in my own development, that whoever God loves, he chastens. Whoever God loves, he doesn't want us to, you know, to tell a lie. You know, can you imagine that you are married to a man, right? And this is your husband. And, and you're getting dressed and, you know, you, you say, well, honey, how do I look? And he wants to please you. And he just tells you, oh, you look fine. Your hair is, oh, your hair is extraordinary. And it's really not. <laughs> Would you trust someone like that? Huh? You, we, we should be honest with one another. We should be honest. We just have to learn how to say it right. You know, I, we, I have learned that, you know, you have to be honest, but you have to be honest right, right? In the right way. And so when my wife asks this, you know, I'm saying, well, you know, uh, I think there's, it looks good, but there's something here that needs to be fixed. Right? I'm able to say this, the very same thing, right? But it's how we say it. And so, folks, we got to understand when God sees something that, that needs to be fixed up in us, he will come and he'll say, okay, well, listen, there needs to be some adjustments. And this is the kind of God that we serve. He fixes us up. He adjusts. He helps us to get everything together in the right way. And so whoever he loves, 
Whoever he loves, he chastens, he corrects, right? And so the Lord tells us now, I counsel, I counsel of thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire. The next text. I counsel of thee, I counsel of thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire that thou mayst be rich and white raiment that thou mayst be clothed and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear and anoint thy eyes with eyesalve that, the next one, that thou mayest see. God is giving us this counsel. He wants us to, to have ourselves arrayed in his right, robe of righteousness. He wants us to have gold tried in the fire. And also the eyes of that thou mayest see. And it says, as many as I love, I rebuke. This is a text. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Be zealous and repent. God wants us to repent. He wants to save us. He died for us. And so many of us, we don't understand the simple concept, what God is doing for us. And he is telling us all of these things because he wants us to change. He wants us to repent. It says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hears my voice, if any man hears my voice and opens the door, it says, I will come unto him and I will sup with him and he with me. He wants to have an intimate experience with us. It says, to him that overcomes, will I grant to sit with me on my throne, even also as I have overcome and sat down with the Father in his throne. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Now this is the message that God has given to this Laodicean church. The Laodicean church back then, that was the church that had all the resources. It, in fact, it was the church on the, at the end of the, the, the missionary journey when they would travel right through. There were seven churches. This was the last church. And Laodicea was, they had all the riches. They had everything. Uh, they had people that used to come far and wide and they used to come and bathe in the nice warm waters of Laodicea. They had everything right there and even so researchers say that the waters, these waters came from the, the down beneath and it came within from the mountains and came from within the mountains and it had these properties, that healing properties that people used to come far and wide and bathe in these waters. And so when it was talking about this Laodicean water, this, this experience, it, it, it said that these people are lukewarm. They believe in all their riches. They believe that their riches basically could bring them through anything. And so whenever there was an economic crisis, Laodicea would be untouched because they were okay. 
Their standard of living was higher than any other place in the region. Laodicea had it all. And so these people, they thought that their material wealth will bring them through, not realizing that God had something that they want, that, that he wanted to do for them. He had something of a greater import. He wanted them to have the spiritual things. But they were turning their backs from that. They were looking and holding on to those material things. And so therefore, this is what the Lord was telling them. Now I was reading up here. Ellen G. White spoke on this. And she wanted to know the meaning of the shaking. And this is what she was told. And this is from Testimonies to the Churches. I asked the meaning of the shaking and, uh, that I had seen and was shown that it would be caused by the straight testimony called forth by the counsel of the true witness to the Laodicean. Now I'm going to read that again. She was shown that it would be caused by the straight testimony called forth by the counsel of the true witness to the Laodiceans. This will have its effect upon the hearts of the receivers and will lead him to exact the standard and pour forth the straight truth. Some will not, and I'm going to read this very carefully and slowly, some will not bear this straight testimony. They will rise up against it and this will cause a shaking among God's people. Sometimes when the truth is told and the truth is brought to you plain, you don't want to hear it. You're offended. You're talking down to me, pastor. Sometimes when the truth is given to you on a silver platter, this is it. I've seen too many times individuals that are sick and afflicted. They're presented the truth of how they could overcome a certain health condition. But they turn their back on that and they turn to science. And I've seen too many times last minute now when the, the, the grave is knocking at the door, it is at that time. They want to turn back. The truth comes in various forms. And the Lord says today, if you hear my voice, do not harden your heart. But we have some hard heart and hard-headed Christians walking around. Or let me say people walking around. And they know the truth. I remember I studied with a relative of mine when I was 17. I was so zealous. I wanted to see everyone saved. And I went and studied with this relative of mine. And, and they were in a certain faith. And uh, they were convinced of the Sabbath. They said, I know the Sabbath is the truth. I know it. But my departed great-grandmother, what would she feel? How would she feel about that? And, and, and this person could not, for any reason, they could not wean themselves away from what they were doing. 
following a false religion. They knew and they professed the truth in the word of God, but they refused to change. Sometimes the truth comes right down to your, right down your street, knock on your door, and it's there, and you know it's the truth, and you reject it. If you reject the truth, the truth ultimately will reject you. It's important for us to stand up for thus saith the Lord. In the book of 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 17 and 18. The book of 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 17 to 18. And this is my second to last text. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 17 to 18. Peter speaks of a time. And this time is, every time I read this, I shake and I shiver or quiver. It says in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 17, it says, For the time, for the time, for the time is come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it begin at us, God's people, if it begins at us, Christians, if it begins at us, what shall be the end of them that obey not the gospel of God? If judgment is beginning at the house of God, if judgment is here in the house of God, if God is going to judge his people first, how are the others outside going to survive? Think with me. It says, if judgment must begin at the house of God, what shall be the end of them that obey not the gospel? If the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinners appear? Now, church, if we are masquerading and pretending to be what we are not, if we are masquerading and, prepare, and pretending to be a sheep when we are truly a wolf, watch out for you. It's going to be even worse for you. And I'm saying God wants us to be real. He wants us to stand forth and he wants us to truly stand up and be real Christians. Young people, it's important for us to stand up for what we believe. It's important for us to say no to drugs. It's important for us to say no to fornication. It's important for us to, say, to stand up and say no to adultery. Stand up and truly allow the Holy Spirit who has brought you this way, let him finish what he has started. Right. But too many times we find ourselves playing around. We double agents playing around. The truth be told, some of us among God's people, we are spiritually constipated. You know what spiritual constipation is, right? How many of you have ever been constipated in your lifetime? <laughs> I know I have, you know. I, I mean, you, nothing is happening and, you know, constipation, right? We take on so much. 
right? We take on and we know so much. And this is a little like what we're going to be talking about Wednesday night. We take on so much. And we, I mean, we, we have it just filled up. And we don't have a way to release it, right? We become constipated. God wants us what you have received freely, you have to freely give. You've got to let the blessing flow. But some of us are spiritual hoarders. We hold it in, hold it in, hold it in, and we get sickened by it. When you hold in something and you don't do what you should do with it, it constipates you, right? Or uh, when you have different combinations and all of this and you're confused and you don't know what to do with it, constipation sets in spiritually. And I'm saying to us now, there is a time of judgment coming. And God wants us to do what we have to do with this gospel. He wants us, us to do it, do the right thing with it. Now, the Lord tells us in my last text before we close, in Isaiah chapter 55, verse 6 and 13, 6 to 13, but I'm just going to hit the first part of it. Isaiah chapter 55, verse 6. And every single body within the hearing of my voice, if you're listening on the radio, if you're listening on the internet or in church right now, the Lord is speaking to you right now. He's speaking to us. And the Lord is saying in Isaiah chapter 55, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his ways and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him and, the, and to our God. For he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither my ways, your ways, saith the Lord. For as the, high, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, and so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts, your thoughts. The Lord is saying, seek me while I may be found. I want to praise God that today the Lord, he is making himself available to be found. The Lord wants to be found in your heart today. He wants to touch your life today. Some of us have been running from God. Some of us, we're saying, it's not a popular thing to give my life to the Lord. I can't do it. And so we're running away. And we're playing that double agent game. And God is saying, listen, it's going to, when I say it's enough and time is out, if you find yourself on the other side, you're finished. There's a game that we love to play in socials back in the East. I don't know if you play it over here, but in our social, we're going to play it one day. In the river, on the bank. In the river, on the bank. And so we, we say, in the river, on the bank. In the river, on the bank. Bank, river, bank, river, rink, bank, bank, you know, and we try to trick one another, right? And some of us, we're playing that game with the Lord. In the world, in the church. In the world, in the church. In the relationship with God, out of relationship with God. 
in a relationship with God, in a relationship with the devil. And we play that game, we play that game, we play and we play and we play. And when the Lord says, enough, if you find yourself in a relationship with the devil, away from God, turning your back from God, that's it for you. God is calling us church folks. He is calling us visitors. He is calling us into an active relationship with him. Will you not surrender your life to him? Will you not allow the Lord just to do what he does best? He specializes in taking mess. He specializes like in our Sabbath school lesson. He specializes in taking the void, that thing that was without form and void and make something out of it. God wants to take your life. And he wants to put it in such a way that you will be so shocked. You'll be amazed what he can do in your life. There's a shaking in this church. Will you be shaking up? Or will you remain? It is time for us to begin that relationship with Christ. This relationship that truly makes a difference. This relationship that only he can help us to sustain. We have been trying to do it on our own. And truth be told, we can't. We're not powerful enough. We're not smart enough. Yeah, we may have a PhD. Uh, we, we may have a master or a doctor or we may just have a regular degree. Whatever it is, whatever you have, it's not enough. You can't make it on any human steam. You got to make it on only what Christ can do in your life. And so church today, first of all, I'm giving a general call. And I'm standing already. You're recognizing that, listen, I don't want to be shaken out of God's church. I want to remain in this church. I want to be an active agent for God. I don't want to be constipated by all the knowledge. I want to put my knowledge into action. I want the Holy Spirit to use me. I want to be someone that the Lord can look down like he looked at Job and he could say, listen, that's my servant down there. I want to be in that mode. If that is your desire, church, I'm asking you to stand with me. You want to you wanna be used by God. The Lord is calling you. Amen. But church, we know that this journey is not an easy one. And many of us have failed. And many of us are failing. And some even within here, you, wanna, you know that as some were baptized, are rebaptized today, you know that this should be your journey. And today, I'm going to be making a call. And I'm asking you, please, don't fool around with the Holy Spirit. 
some may be the last day that you fool around with him but he is calling you and you know within your heart that the Lord is calling you into a brand new experience we want to open up the doors of this church and by the power of the Holy Spirit I'm asking you to come forward and surrender your life to him the Lord is calling you I'm asking you to come forward praise God sister praise God praise God the Lord is calling you will you not come will you not come into a brand new experience the Lord is calling you he wants to do for you what you cannot do for yourself the Lord is calling you praise the Lord he is calling you I'm asking you to come today is a day where you will stand and you're saying that listen devil you're not having any part in my life anymore you're not playing around with me anymore the Lord is calling you he's calling you into a brand new experience he's calling you to surrender your life you have messed up your life and you know that God he, he wants to do something for you. He wants to touch your life. He wants you to have a brand new experience. Will you not come and surrender your life to him? Yeah, I know. Some of us, we think we have it all figured out. Elders, just support our folks here. Some of you... You think that you have it all figured out. You have it all figured out. But the truth be told, if the Lord came today, if the Lord came today, you know that you will be on the other side. God is calling you. Come to the Lord. I'm asking everyone to close your eyes. And I'm asking you to pray. Pray for your neighbor beside you. Pray for everybody within the fold today. Praise God. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Pray for your neighbor. Pray for the Holy Spirit to move in their life today. That this day will be the day that they surrender their lives. Allowing the Holy Spirit to do his work. He that begun a good work in you, he is faithful and just to complete it. There's someone else that is holding out. And today... As the call goes forth, praise the Lord. As the call goes forth, God is calling you. Young people, the Lord is calling you too. 
God is calling you into a brand new experience. Will you not surrender your life? Praise God. Praise God. Praise the Lord. The Lord is calling you. As we pray today, let us pray for the Holy Spirit to move in the life of our neighbors and that there will be deliverance in the house of God. There's some in this place, you belong to another faith and you know that the Lord has been talking to you. You have been baptized and he's been talking to you and, and you know that you need to make a spiritual shift. You need to get a little closer to God. God is calling you today. Will you not surrender your all to him? The Lord is calling you. I invite you into a closer relationship with him. Come today. Come unto the Lord. Come today. Surrender today. Give your life to him. As the elders surround those that came, as the elders surround them, come into a circle. We want to pray. And as I pray, as I pray, I'm asking that anybody that feel moved by the Holy Spirit to join that circle, burst in. This could be your last call. You have been an attendee to this church for many years. But today you know that God is calling you into this brand new experience. Inviting you to come. Come to the Lord. Come to the Lord as we pray today. Father in heaven, in the stillness of this time, we come to you, Lord. We come, Father, not lifting up any man, any woman, but we come to glorify your name. We know heaven is rejoicing right now. Heaven is rejoicing at what is happening in the lives of individuals here that came forward. But Lord, there are some that's still in the valley of decision. There's some, Lord, that is listening on the radio. There is some, Lord, that is listening over online. And I pray, Father, that you will touch them wherever they are in their living room, driving in the car, wherever it is, Lord. I pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit will arrest them in your righteousness, Lord, and bring them to you. Oh, Lord, I pray that you will touch this church. You have caused us here to meet together at this intersection, Lord, for your glory and for your honor. There is a young man, there is a young woman that is going through struggles. There's a parent that is wondering how they could make it, how they could bring their family to you. Lord, I pray that you will step into their situation.
I pray that your Holy Spirit, Lord, will just please mend that home, mend that relationship, and help them to know that there is a God that has a solution to every problem. There is someone that is working on the Sabbath and they want to give their life over to you, but they don't know how to do it because they are fearing that they will lose their job and, and that they will not be able to sustain themselves. But oh Lord, I pray that you will touch that situation now. Help them to respond to you, knowing, Father, that you will take care of everything. Whatever the situation may be, Lord, we present them to you now. But we pray for these precious souls that came today. Young and old. Parents, families. We pray that your anointing will be upon them, Lord. And as they're pe being prepared, Lord, for baptism, for rebaptism, whatever the situation may be, Father, I pray that your anointing will be upon them. I pray that the devil will not have a pull on their lives anymore. I pray, Lord, deliverance will come to their homes and that your Holy Spirit will be let loose in their lives. I thank you, Lord. I praise your name because you are worthy to be praised. Bless and keep us now, we pray in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 We invite everyone that came forward to follow our elders as um, Sister McDavid, Sister Bray leads you to the outer room. Amen. I invite everyone to stand with me as we are going to be joined with the choir. And as we sing our song, remember that um, we will be continuing at 5 o'clock. Uh, we went a little over uh, today by God's grace and glory. Let the Spirit lead. But at 5 o'clock, we will be uh, having a special study session on this, an expanded session on the shaking. And uh, we want you to remember uh, the Wednesday night prayer meeting. Uh, come on out at 6.30 for a light refreshment and where we will be studying on the man who knew too much in our theme of taking your life onto another level. May the Lord bless you and keep you. We invite everyone to turn your hymns to number 422. Number 422. 422. 422. We're marching indeed to Zion. Amen? Number 422. Amen.
And Father, you have been with us from the beginning. And Lord, as we leave this place, we know that we are not leaving your presence. But you will be with us, Lord. You will guide us through whatever we have to go through in the week. I pray, Father, that you will bless us through at the remaining hours of the Sabbath. And as it comes to the conclusion and the week begins, Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit will guide us through. Bring us back on Wednesday evening where we will continue to praise your name. And later on until next Sabbath, Lord, we pray, Father, that you bless this church. We pray that you'll anoint this community and that indeed you will pour out your Holy Spirit on Las Vegas, Lord, and that this entire world will be blessed, Lord. We pray in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen.